calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to episode three of Blood Culture. I'm Lance, and I'm the show's creator and producer. I'm David. I'm one of the co-writers. After this episode, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to have a chat about a few things. But for now, please enjoy episode three of Blood Culture. We're locked inside a toilet. Locked inside a toilet in a cafe Nero with a man beating at the door. A case filled with blood in our hands. And with nowhere to go. You and stop or we'll call the police. As he speaks, a sensation begins to rise up inside me. That is not going to happen. A sensation that uncoils and wraps itself around my senses, carrying me away from this place on a wave of pain. I slump to the ground. Livy opens the case. The door bulges and splits against Ewan's weight. A sack of blood in Livy's hand. She pushes me. The door bursts. Ewan falls in and smashes a pack in his face. Blood in his eyes. He's on his knees, scrabbling. And the world jitters and sags. Blood on the floor. Livy has me. We're walking, running, blood on my feet. Out of the cafe, blood trails behind us. Out to her car. People back away. We're alone, and the world is spinning, and I'm in the car, and I hurt so much, and there is nothing more. Only pain. Do you want me to put on some music? No, 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 don't stop. 
scrapyard car. Wow. No. Alright, I'll just put the, the radio on. Jenny, I am the sky for Sussex. I'm sorry to say it looks as if all major road routes have blocked this rush hour. What happened there was a sickle cell attack. This is going to result in more delays and a lot of pain for everyone. I told you about how my blood cells are misshapen. They aren't nice round donuts like yours, but they're shaped like a crescent or a sickle. They don't pass through my body as smoothly as yours will. Which in turn will cause blockages. Blockages in blood vessels and pain. Lots of pain. Pain so profound it can change your understanding of the world. Nothing is moving and roads are getting more and more backed up. No oxygen getting through. No one knows how long this will take to clear. Minutes. Moments. Days. <sighs> Blame. The sickle gene is passed on by your parents. But it seems that there is nothing that can be done about it. Other than to just wait. And let the flow begin again. Aisha. Aisha, love. Venice, she's waking up. I'm here. You're in the van. It's all right. You're safe. Hey, Aisha. You're right there, Fruit Loop. Yeah. What? Freddie, what are you doing here? Well, he came over as soon as he heard. He's been at your side all day. We were worried for you. No, wait a moment. No, this, that, that man, the, the case of blood. Yeah, it's here. Livy got you away. And, and the samples? She lost a few, but she got the one that matches yours. That's the one that really matters. Then I need to get up. Oh, no, sound. don't, Aisha. You rest. Yeah, but they'll come for I us. I don't know you're here, love. And we're still getting somewhere. Yep, Fanny worked out what those pills were. Yeah, they're EPOs, like a sport drug. And why do you want those? People think they can make them work longer and harder. And that killed him? I don't know. I'm going to see what's in the blood Livy got me from Metabeta. Going to get into work and run some tests on it. No, don't, don't do that. You will get caught. No, I won't. You may not realise this, but no one notices me, Aisha. I'm down there with the cleaners to most people, just invisible. I have to take these risks if it wasn't for living. Yeah. You can't go back in, can you? She shouldn't have hit that bloke in the bog. Well, she thought she was doing the right she thing, you know. She doesn't thinking. She just doesn't think. She puts us all in danger. And she knows that. She's feeling pretty bad about it at the moment. She she's outside, Aisha. She's waiting to talk to you. Well, you know, she can keep waiting. Nothing to say to her. She's awake. How angry is she? Pretty pissed off. <sighs> I really messed up. Well, no, you thought you were doing right. You know. Fat lot of good that was. Well, you got the blood. We, we can stash here. Mm. I've got a leisure battery to keep it running, you know, for the fridge in the case. I'm Venny there, he's going to run some tests, figure out what's what. What do I do? Keep your head down, I say. Madder will know all about you by now. Richard doesn't frighten me. It's Aisha I'm worried for. That man. Those people, they act like no one else can stop them. They're just evil. <laughs> it's all ego for them, innit? They scratch the surface, they're just frightened underneath. Playing games and trying to control the world. He's scared of something on the inside. You know that. So, sometimes you just 
give us these little bits of magic, don't you? <laughs> He's going to have a weakness, isn't he? Something we can work on. So that's what I do. Find out what it is. Well, are you going to do that? I'm going to dig, Saul. I'm going to dig into Drea's past so deep. I'm oh. up to my elbows in it, and I'm going to learn who he really is. Oh, you, you might not want to do that, love. Oh, no, I do. I'm going to make things better here, and I'm going to do it for Aisha. I need to go home. Fanny dropped me off. He didn't want to leave me. He would have stood guard outside all night if I'd asked. Part of me had expected the police to be waiting for me in my flat. Part of me wanted the police to be here. Put an end to it all. To take my choices away. First though, I'll sleep. Rest up and... Then he has me against a wall and he's pushing into me. Now don't be silly, girl. Where does she live? Crushing me. Uh, I hardly know her. Do, do I look stupid? Did I put my stupid face on this morning, did I? Is that why you treat me like this? No, 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 of course not. Then tell me. I don't want to meet her in that cafe. She's just, she's just a friend of Dad. But if I call her now, she just won't come. Now, she's shut up, right? I think that she will. You'll call and she'll come. Otherwise, this stupid face is going to become a really nasty, hurty face. You know what that means, don't you? No, not if you do, Lassie. Not if you do. Yes, yes, that's good. Now you're the clever one, eh? Smarty smarts in your head. I like that. Oh, I do. I shall like that. You get me that case by tomorrow night. And I'll tell you what, we can forget all this. We can become friends. And that would be good, eh? I would like a friend like you. <laughs> it can be a little secret. A secret? Well, you're the boss's girl, aren't you? Eh? Or you can be mine as well. You know what for me? Tomorrow night, you call me and I'll come and I'll meet you. Eh? It'll be like a day. Just get out! Oh, you tease. Seven thirty a.m. A cold spring morning. I pass into the moor of the Metaratrium. I have time. Ewan hasn't told anyone. I can get into Meta and sort this out. I cross the security barriers. No one stops me. No one notices me. No alarms sound. I'm safe. Aisha Cowan, get into my office now. I follow her, alert, concerned, calculating what she knows, working out my next move. Sit. She stands. I wanted to talk to you alone. And so it begins. You were absent yesterday. Why? I was ill. She knows. You should have informed us. Is, is that all you wanted me for? No. There is a more serious matter. The floor drops away beneath me. A disciplinary matter. I was a fool to come here. I wanted to hear your explanation. I bow my head. If there is one. And wait for the axe to fall. Oh, Kim, uh, we were stuck in the toilet. We were frightened. The, the, the toilet, we, we didn't know who he was. What are you talking about? Have you lost your mind? I don't care about whatever sick games you've been playing in the toilet. And then my life tilts. This is about the visit you made to Luca's house. 
What? And hope rushes back into me. Oh, Shireen, I, I was concerned for her. That isn't your role. I wanted to help her out. The welfare of the other workers is none of your concern. There is a department to take care of those matters. What did she say to you? Oh, what do you expect she said, Kim? She said the kind of things people say when their flatmates die. She needs to move on. Oh, Kim, he's not even buried. Be a human for a change. Oh, don't push me, Cowan. You knew that woman the other day, the one who attacked Richard. You knew her, but you're still here. No one sacked you. <laughs> You've got a hold over someone, haven't you? I'm going to find out what you're doing, what you've done. Mm -hmm. When I do, it'll be over for you, won't it? Now, listen to me. There's a memorial service for Luca in the Drea Hall at 2pm. I expect to see you there. And remember, if you're not early, you're late. Oh, yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, designated grieving time. How kind. Richard will be there. You keep away from him and from the interns. I warn you, leave Shireen alone. Now get out. 8am. I leave Kim's office, elated, gasping with relief. I walk along the balcony, looking down into the atrium. No one is watching me. No one knows anything is wrong. Aisha, why are you here? Fenny, it's all right, I'm safe. You didn't tell anyone. Still such a risk. I need to get evidence and I only have a day. You worked anything out yet? I've started the tests. You got any evidence? No, it's not that easy. They were taking EPOs, performance drugs. It'll be in the blood, won't it? No, it doesn't last that long. You can only detect it for eight hours. Two of the samples have got high hemoglobin, but it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove anything. That is what EPOs do, isn't it? Make the blood manufacture more red cells. That's our evidence. No, it isn't. Look, it's like this. Um, look out over the balcony, right? Look at everyone working, running around doing their jobs. Now, Imagine that everyone is a little red blood cell carrying a bundle of oxygen to keep the meta-machine working, right? Okay. Now, let's pretend Richard invented a way of manufacturing extra workers. Well, why would he do that? He'd just employ more people. Stop being so literal. You're like your dad. Uh, what? Come with me on this, will you? Richard wants to make extra workers in secret because he wants his company to work better. All right. Now, unless you catch him making these workers in this little let's say, eight-hour window while he's doing his illegal business, how can you tell that he's been up to anything? Well, there'll be loads and loads of people working here. Big deal. This is a healthy company, strong and fit, employs a lot of people. Well, then, uh, you'd test them, see if they're different? Nope. They are completely normal people. Can't tell them apart. Come on! Think! You work in HR! Oh, right. Uh, check the employee records. Exactly. Go back a week and look up and say, Oh, last Friday there were a hundred people in here, and today there are five hundred. What's going on? That's not right. That's how it works with EPOs. If I find someone with a high red cell count, doesn't mean anything. Not unless I know what their blood looked like before they took the drug. And you can do something like that? Figure out what their blood was like before? I've got a bunch of bags with barcodes on them. No names. And they're pulling records as well, so... No. I can't do it. Well, then we're screwed. No, we're not. If we think EPOs were part of why Luca died, then we've just got to find out exactly who gave them to him and why. Oh, just that. Yeah. 
Just that. Sorry. Then, um, I need to talk to Shireen again, find out what she knew. And I'm going to widen my search. See what else I can pick up. Right. Fenny, thanks. You've been amazing. Yeah. Well, perhaps it's what I was here to do. Look after people. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. 10 a.m. I'm watching Shireen across the office. She looks fragile, tired. She's not even going through the motions anymore. The company won't keep her long. We need to talk. I need her to talk because she's my last connection to Luca, but while Kim is roaming, it isn't even worth the risk. 10.15 a.m. A call. Livy, here, now. What are you doing calling me? been doing some research. There's something I want you to see. This is not a good idea. Please. I've been working so hard on this and it's important for me. All right, then. This is her trying to say sorry. I know it. But be quick. Kim is hovering over Shireen, circling her. Right. Now, listen, I thought we needed to know more about Richard. Like, big beneath what he gives out to the public because we're not going to what he's up to if we can't understand who he really is and to do that you've got to go deep like deep down and inside him Livy when did you last sleep? Uh, a couple of days back but it really doesn't matter Kim has moved in on Shireen looming over her spitting words in her face so look I was following up what Vinny said the other day about when Richard was in his 20s and was part of the early rave scene yeah well back then he sorted out all their phone systems. And? And it was a big deal. They had to let thousands of people know how to get to a party in the middle of nowhere without the police finding out. Across the office floor, Kim's rage is building. So I have only gone and found a film of one of those parties on YouTube. And I want you to watch it and tell me what you think. You got a computer? Yeah. Search for this. Sunrise Party, 1988, part four. Uh Uh-huh, got it. Go on, press play. The film starts. Slowed down shots from a handheld video. Colours washed out and blurred. Music. Moments in love by the art of noise. A camera pans and tilts through the crowd in the countryside. People smiling and dancing. It looks like early morning. Trees are around them. I want you to pause it 48 seconds in. I do as she says. There he is. Crop dark hair and wearing a v-neck jumper. He doesn't smile, but moves through the crowd with a sense of direction and purpose, slipping between undulating bodies. That's Richard. His face. 
Only a fraction of a second, but it is him. And your point is? Aish, go back to the beginning of the video. I scroll back, press play again, and I see it straight away. Just a few seconds in. Head down, swinging his locks, bare-chested and lost in the music. <laughs> the beginning of a lifetime in that moment. That's all, isn't it? My dad at a party with Richard Dreyer. Why didn't he tell us? 30 years ago. Maybe he didn't realise? He must have Shireen known. is gone. You don't end up in that field with those people at that time of day unless you know someone. Maybe he doesn't remember. I don't know. Ask him. Livy, this doesn't help us. You should be worrying about you and, and who he is and what he's doing. Why don't you find that out? Kim stands staring at me, her mouth a dried, puckered O of disapproval. We should talk to Sol. Yeah, OK. Look, I've got to go. I hang up and run to the toilets. Tears in the toilet stalls are a given part of Meta's culture. Everyone feels it, but no-one speaks of it. Wedged in despair against the toilet tissue holders, huddled on plastic seats, we all cry. Alone. Shireen. But Shireen, open up. No, leave me alone. Oh, hey, honey, come on. What did Kim say to you? I'm laying the team down. Well, you're not. Look, open up, please. I, I want to help you. The door slides open. Lips at the crack. I'm not supposed to talk to you. Forget Kim. She said I'm pathetic. Now I'm an embarrassment. No, you're not, babe. No way. Come on, look, talk to me. Tell me one thing about yourself, will you? Huh? Where did you study? Kings. I couldn't afford to go out of the city. A masters? Yeah. Right, first person in your family to go uni? Yeah. Yeah, and now you're here. You're not stupid. You're not pathetic. Never doubt yourself, Shireen. It's this place. It does it to all of us. And it hasn't done it to you. Yeah, perhaps not. But come on, open up. I, I need to talk to you about Luca. I crouched down before this poor lost girl, taking her hands. <laughs> it's all my fault. No, it's not. Come on. I should have stopped him. Are you talking about those tablets that you were taking? How did you know about them? Venny. He told me. He's the medical officer. You and Venny? I forgot about that. Come on. Just tell me what happened. Oh, come on. You can trust me. It's okay. Go on. When he was rejected by Metabeta, he came back and he pushed himself so hard. I knew he was doing it. I mean, it was like he was obsessed. And he had these pills and we thought it was his only chance and he started taking them and... And I took them too. You were taking Epos? Well, he told me it would make a difference. They'd have a chance of being selected. I thought if everyone was doing it, I'd have to do it as well, just to keep up. What, everyone was doing them? Yeah, a lot of the team. Well, where were you getting them? She told me not to say. Kim. She said I'd be in trouble. I was part of Luca's death. I've been such a fool. Look at me, Shireen, look at me. 
You didn't kill him. This is not on you. Now, I, I need you to help me. We have to find out where Kim got those pills. Wait, uh, hang on. I've got to take this. Dad? Who are you talking to in the lobby there, girlie? Ewan! What are you doing with my dad's phone? Where is he? Well, so. But he's right here. Good lad he is. Rolling up a fat one with one of my boys at the moment. Hey, Sergey! Don't bog out the giant. <laughs> Let me talk to him. No can do, Missy. Tell you what, though. These old vans are death traps, aren't they? Be sure he's going to be safe here. Don't do anything to him. Of course I won't. Do you think I want to? No, no, no. I don't want to. But the thing is, you're not doing what I asked you to, are you? You're not getting me my case. I want to. I, I will. Well, you're not going to find it in that toilet, are you? Now, Asha, I'm going to leave my boy Sergei here way apart just to make sure he stays safe. You know, make sure there's none of the old carbon monoxide leakage, eh? I want to talk to Dad. Shut it. In the meantime, let you and me have that date, eh? Tonight. Café Del Forno, nine o'clock. Table for two. I'll pay the bill. You bring that case. Deal? Deal. What's happening? Who was that? Wait, just wait, hon. I, I need to speak to someone. Yeah? Livy, stop what you're doing. Do you know where Dad's parked up? God, he's in trouble. Blood Culture was written by Lance Dan and Phil Connolly and featured the voices of Chetna Pandya, Brian E. Afferson, Jack Claff, Nathan Bryan, Stephen Critchlow, Laura Martin Simpson, Tam Dean Byrne, and Rob Rackstraw. The script supervisor was Lizzie Parkinson, and the assistant director was Alan Gilchrist. The music was by Claire M. Singer, Simon James, and Michael Jakarczyk. The sound design was by Simon James. The biomedical consultant was Dr. Cristino Lo Celso. The executive producer was Nick Ware, and the producer was Lance Dan. Blood Culture was a Resonance 104.4 FM production, supported by the Wellcome Trust. Okay, it is kicking into gear now, huh? I know, and it's it's kind of like you as as you work through through the series. I just you know, and come reworking this this material, I kind of it ramps up and it ramps up and well, it ramps up. So obviously, you Lance came up with the idea, and you uh, uh, you know wrote on it and you produced it and, and post produced it. Uh, I I was a co writer, so we're intimately familiar with the project. But coming back after five years, there is an element of oh oh yeah, we did that and. Oh, I like that bit. Mm. I mean, it's 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 not like it's someone else made it. Not yet. Give another fifteen years, but it's still fun to come back to. It's exciting to come back to, and it's. Uh, I mean, I kind of appreciate quite like how much detail there is in here. And so many times I'm going back to it, go, oh god, and, and they go here and that bit and that bit, and it ramps <laughs> up and it ramps up and it ramps up. So that's been really exciting to revisit. And like you say, give it a bit of a polish. It's it's spruced up. So can I just take you back to? the beginning of this project and and the, the what was the context what was the situation that led to you know you sort of getting the initial idea and, and going yeah this this is the thing this is this is what I, I want to make i was working with phil phil Connolly, and we really wanted to tell exciting stories yeah and we wanted to tell thrillers and that wasn't really being explored a lot in the audio fiction scene not in a really punchy, dynamic way like you'd see on television. Yeah. But actually, a lot of our influences then, you know, we were watching Miss, Miss, Mr. Robot and Breaking Bads and shows like that. And we were like, well, I just, we want to do an audio version of that. 
And we realized it would cost a lot of money, which is when I noticed the Wellcome Trust. Oh yes, the well now okay. Th th this is quite a big name in in like in London. There's there's a the big there's a museum, and they have a sort of like a wing of the National Science Museum. Um, so th they they throw lots of money around, right? They're a huge research drug and biomedical science research organization. Loads of these big companies come together and they do their research together, but also they do a certain amount of public outreach, and they used to fund lots of art projects and lots of creative media projects to talk about science and talk about the way that people are working and to bring ideas of science to audiences. So used to. Yeah, well, they didn't. They don't do it so much now. Mm. And it's uh, on the one hand, that's a huge shame because that's source of funding and talking about science is gone. But it does allow me to be honest and say that one of the reasons we went to them was because we wanted to tell these punchy, exciting stories and the money was there from these people with very deep pockets and they were able to fund our show. Well, that was nice of them. Which was very nice of them. <laughs> but that's where, and I think where we the show grew was because then we worked with people like Christina and the science gets embedded and it becomes like a whodunit where you have to figure out the science to work out what's happening. Which, and we would have never have gone down that route without them. I have to say, it was thrilling when we were writing it because not only were we did we have our eyes on the, on the, the, you know, the character stuff and the, 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 the excitement, but also we were able to say what truthfully does happen to the body when X, what happens to somebody with sickle cell. And we basically had, you know, one of the world's great experts on the end of a phone. It was awesome. Also, isn't creatively, for me, I kind of find it easier to generate and work with ideas if I'm constrained. Right. And if you're working within preset parameters, as opposed to you can come up with anything you want. So being told you have to feature believable and truthful science and biomedical science in this thriller kind of i i mean i loved it because then we could you know we had something to push against and bounce off against okay so, so so it was it was made with this kind of excitement and this this shall we say practical approach to funding um and then it got released uh so resonance is this sort of um london-based very uh social socially conscious and kind of Arty radio Arty station. Radio station yeah. They're like uh, WFMU uh, on the East Coast or KPFA on the West Coast. Mm. Sorry if you're in the middle of America, I don't know an equivalent. But they're kind of an arts-based station. It's been around for a long time, cult following. <clears throat> and they kind of backed us and helped us to produce it and were very sweet uh, and allowed us a lot of freedom and, and put us in touch with certain musicians and things. That's why we've got such amazing musicians is through them. And when we go into the studios, it's their studios you can hear us talking to the cast and crew and afterwards. So it comes out and we did very well on release in the UK. I mean, yeah, the iTunes charts were very kind to us. And then also you ended up with a few things on the mantelpiece, right? Yeah, we won some, we, we won some awards. <laughs> uh, we won the very audio, kind of you, Lance. Yes, we won the audio production awards for uh, the APAs, which is sponsored by Audible for best drama producer. And we got a uh, bronze in sound design. We got a silver at the British Podcast Awards. All right, Awards. That, that's, that's enough of that. Some other yes, Norman yes, yes, yeah, yeah, we, we, You were very good. Well done. Um, we went down really well. Yeah. But we never broke America. And we can maybe, you know, I think we can look at like the audio drama scene, the audio fiction scene and think about why at the time maybe it wasn't ready for it. And oh. maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe honestly we didn't know how to market it. I didn't know how to market it to the States. And then. Which is why we've got Realm realm turn up and we get an opportunity to go look here's this thing that we're really proud of and people seem to like 
um, here's a chance for you guys to, to, to listen to it. And it's all spruced up and modernized and uh, you can dig it now. Well, why don't we get on with uh, uh, the story and throw forward to episode four. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.